Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here, but it would be even lovelier if you were here too with me. My talk today, The Gift Guides, is the final in the series, The Gift. I'll pray first. Holy Spirit, because of you, we can experience the fullness of God. We bless your name and lift up your holiness to be praised. Thank you for your presence in our lives. We ask that you impart the wisdom of God's word to us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to us to lead us to a comfortable, prosperous life, envied by those who have rejected Jesus' lordship. No, we have the Holy Spirit so that we can complete our mission to save those very lost souls. Or, in the words of Paul, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. When I was a little girl, maybe from the ages of six or seven, my mum used to tell me stories of her high school years. Oh, I love those stories. Academically, my mum had been pretty successful and she put it down to Sydney Girls High and her gutsy determination to go there. Consequently, she hoped that her two girls, Penny and Prue, would follow in her footsteps. Spoiler alert, we did. Getting into the school turned out to be the easy bit. Getting to the school, hmm, that was a problem for me. We lived in Worrywood, a long, long way from Sydney Girls. It meant a walk to Narrabeen camping area to catch the 155 bus to Manly, a ferry ride from Manly to the Quay, and then the 396 Maruba bus from the Quay, getting off in busy Anzac Parade near the showground, then walking the rest of the way. Not a simple trip for anyone, but a very complicated trip when your sister, Penny, my expected guide, has just turned into a 14-year-old with attitude and little apparent love, I believe it was hidden, and absolutely no tolerance for her younger sister, me. Apparently, it was time for me to make her own way, as she had done. Well, that was a very unexpected turnaround and at a very inopportune time. It was obvious. Prue at 12 was not the competent child Penny was at 12. So my dad, my reliable, trustworthy guide always, took a couple of weeks off work and travelled with me until I was confident and Penny again willing to keep a watchful eye on me, but now from a distance. Let me reassure you, if you follow Jesus, if he is your Lord and your Saviour, then the Holy Spirit is with you permanently. He's not going to dump you for a while because you are annoying. The Holy Spirit is not just somewhere nearby coming to your rescue when you really need him, like my dad did for me. No, he dwells within you permanently, 24-7, 365 days of the year, to communicate what God wants you to know and to guide you in your life. As I was preparing for this talk, I read some of Charles Stanley's work on the Holy Spirit, and there's a sentence that has stuck with me. 
You have all of him you are ever going to get. The question is, how much of you does he have? And Billy Graham said, this is the good news. We are no longer waiting for the Holy Spirit. He is waiting for you. Something to think about, wouldn't you say? In Acts 16, 6 to 15, we meet the Apostle Paul again. Now he's someone who led a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And the Spirit led Paul to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, just as a side note, please don't think that Paul was perfect. As you can see, even my sister Penny turned out not to be perfect. Paul had just had a big old verbal stoush with Barnabas before we read about him here. Now, that didn't stop God from loving him and using him. The Holy Spirit didn't leave him in disgust. So when you get it wrong again, as you will, recognise your disobedience, confess, repent and move forward with the Holy Spirit. Back to Acts 16. Let me set the scene. Paul, Silas and Timothy have set off on Paul's second missionary journey. Paul had already travelled throughout Cyprus and Galatia. Now he wanted to revisit some of the places he'd gone on his first missionary journey. He wanted to encourage and to strengthen the new churches. And then he planned to go on into the province of Asia, not the Asia that we know, to spread the gospel there. But as we see in verse 6, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go there. What did Paul do? Whinge and whine and go anyway, despite it being out of line with God's plans? No, Paul obeyed even though he wasn't told why or what to do next. Paul and his companions continued on. This time they went to Mycenae and tried to go north to, uh, this is where it's hard to say, uh, Bithynia. But we read in verse 7 that the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. What did Paul do? Did he pick up his bat and ball and go home? No. Paul obeyed and again he wasn't told why or what to do next. Paul knew that he had to let go of his plans. He trusted God's wisdom more than he trusted his own, even though he didn't understand yet what God wanted him to do. Now here's my first point. Paul obeyed the Holy Spirit. Do you? It's obvious that Paul had surrendered to the lordship and direction of the Holy Spirit in his life. If Paul had continued on under his own direction, he wouldn't have been the person to bring Christianity to the Western world. When Paul accepted Jesus as his Lord, he gave up the right to run his own life on his terms, in his way, in his time, and that's ditto for you and ditto for me. That's something many of us don't want to face. When I first became a Christian, not so many years ago, oh, I had plans. More college sounded so great. 
I could go there and study. Oh, so much knowledge to be gained, I remember thinking. I love studying. I love doing well. So I thought, perfect for me. As a first step towards it, there was an opportunity for me to do a preliminary theological certificate. Here at St John's. Oh, I couldn't contain my excitement. But I kept coming up against roadblocks. All right, I'll work out a solution. And then another roadblock. Oh, well, that's just another problem for me to solve. But this pattern repeated itself until, in great humility, I submitted. This wasn't God's plan for me. I had to let it go. Then, years later, I don't know, three, four years later, a chance conversation with Debbie B. And I was shown the path God wanted me to take. Now, this will make you smile because it still makes me laugh. I was to bake. I never baked. I don't even like eating baked goodies. But I was to bake. Now, the rest is history because I bake. That has opened up a world of opportunities with friends, strangers, the women and men who serve me on the checkout line asking me why I'm buying so much flour and eggs and what have you. My family, it gives me the opportunity to talk about why I bake. It's such a strange story. Only God could have planned it, but it's true. You see, friends, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord, I was agreeing that the Holy Spirit would guide my life every day, every hour, every minute, even if it did mean baking. Have I managed to stick to those terms? No, but it does get easier as you see where you are being led and eventually why. Now back to Paul. I'll read you verse 10. Let me just see here. Here we go. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul got ready at once. At once, dear friends, now, straight away, without delay. It was his joy to honour his king. If God tells you that you should serve in this way or that, or give more financially, or stop wasting your time on ungodly pursuits, or join a life group, or invite a new member of the church for afternoon tea, or make something right with someone, or share your testimony with your neighbour, or even bake, I reckon you're getting a drift here, do so at once. I can personally testify that the more you are obedient and the less you delay, the more familiar you will become with the Holy Spirit's voice and the less influenced you will be by the world and by your own selfish desires. You will hear the Holy Spirit's voice speaking through your conscience to convict you of sin and to show you God's ways. Now I know we all have a conscience, but once you are born again, the Holy Spirit begins his work of refining your heart, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, 
That's how Paul explained it to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2.13. Now the second point I want to make is this. Paul followed God's agenda. Do you? There is no doubt life before believing is a very, very different life once you believe. Now, if that's not your experience, this is a good time to examine what is holding you back from experiencing life as it should be. A good place to start this examination is to look at whose agenda are you following? God's? Your own? The world's? Do you feel directionless? Do you feel more worry and stress and anxiety than peace? Perhaps you feel that you aren't as good or worthy or important as other Christians. I think that possibly you are living your own agenda, trying to make your plans succeed and wonder, wondering why God isn't blessing them. You read the Bible, you pray, you worship, but God seems to be silent and the Holy Spirit absent. Or maybe you are perfectly happy with the way you are. Church is nice, the people are lovely. You have friends there and you like serving when you can fit it in in your busy schedule. Life's pretty good, why would you change it? You don't see a problem with your own agenda. And you know, your agenda probably isn't bad, but it just may not be God's plan for you. Friends, I cannot stress enough. If we read and meditate on God's word, praise and worship God first thing in the day, throughout our day, every day, the Holy Spirit will work in you. He will illuminate your mind. He'll put peace in your heart and he will show you how to lead your life. I've told you in the past how important it is to say to God every time you open the Bible, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. By saying this, you are demonstrating to God that it is his agenda you want to follow. Try it, mean it, make it a habit. Now my last point. Paul went to Macedonia to save souls. Are you willing to go? In The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, he says something really interesting. God is at work in the world and he wants you to join him. As his followers, we are to continue what Jesus started. Jesus calls us not only to come to him, but to go for him. We have been bought with a price. If you intentionally remember that, you can't help but want to go for Jesus. Where is your Macedonia? The Holy Spirit will show you. Will it be your street, your workplace, your family, your sporting team? Will it be a prison, a beach camp? Will it be your kitchen? Perhaps you already know. If you don't, this is an exciting time. Paul spoke his testimony, and that is what you must do. Listen to the Holy Spirit. When he prompts you to speak, speak, 
and speak the good news of Jesus with the love and passion of Jesus. My dear friends, join Paul with the Holy Spirit's guidance in completing your mission. Go for Jesus and testify to the good news of God's grace to those who do not yet believe. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, in you we put our hope and trust. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, your spirit to lead our way, to guide and direct our thoughts. May he dominate our lives in all we do. Help us to be obedient to your call. May we ask all this in your son's precious name, who gave up his life on earth so that the Holy Spirit could dwell in us. Amen.